Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A White House blow-up behind closed doors spills out into the open in a big way. Plus, the president's right-hand man and his harsh words about who should be allowed into the country and the backlash to the bad joke about an American hero. This is the State of America tonight. It's outrageous, and it's disgusting, it's shameful, it's bad for America. Sadler apparently said that McCain's comments don't matter because, quote, he's dying anyway. He's a hero, and and to make that type of comment, there's no place for that. We very much toughened up the border, but the laws are horrible. By the end of the meeting, Kirsten Nielsen, the Secretary of Homeland Security, was on the verge of resigning. You seriously considered leaving? No. There's times of great frustration. Baldwin live in New York to our viewers watching around the world. This is State of America tonight. Who needs chaos and controversy? For President Trump last night, it was all rainbows, unicorns, and unity. Confidence is soaring and optimism is at the top of every chart. This is a great time for our country. A lot of things happening every day. We are unlocking new opportunities for prosperity and for peace. All of these changes are happening because America is being respected again. President Trump was in a good mood, or even a great mood. Well, maybe it's because of the release of three American hostages from North Korea. Maybe it's because of the lowest unemployment rate since 2000. Or maybe it's just because he was in the greatest county in the greatest state in the nation, Elkhart County, Indiana, where I grew up. Side note, full disclosure. One thing, though, seems sure. It's not because things are running smoothly back at the White House. A source tells CNN a furious President Trump berated his Homeland Security Secretary during a cabinet meeting in front of the entire cabinet, saying she's not doing enough to secure the borders. Well, this was Trump at the start of that meeting when the cameras were rolling. Uh, We've very much toughened up the border, but the laws are horrible. The laws in this country for immigration and illegal immigration are absolutely horrible. And we have to do something about it, not only the wall, which we're building sections of wall right now. And this is what happened when the cameras left the room. Much of his anger and frustration was directed at Kirsten Nielsen, the Secretary of Homeland Security. It grew so heated and so intense that by the end of the meeting, she was incredibly frustrated. She felt like it had all been directed at her and ultimately uh, told associates and and friends that um, she had uh, considered uh, was on the verge of resigning and had, in fact, drafted a a resignation Mm -hmm. letter. She didn't resign. She stood her ground. Also standing his ground, Chief of Staff John Kelly, defending the president's position on immigration in a new NPR interview, asked about the administration's zero-tolerance policy that could separate families if they attempt to come into the country illegally. John Kelly said this. Let me step back 
and, and tell you that the vast majority of the people that move illegally into the United States are not bad people. They're not criminals. They're not MS-13. But they're also not people that would easily assimilate into the United States. They're uh, overwhelmingly rural people. In the countries they come from, fourth, fifth, sixth grade educations are kind of the norm. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it would be that people armed only with their dreams of a better life for their families has actually has been actual history, the history of how our country was founded. Here's a former press secretary to President Clinton. He's got no sense of history, which is the deal is that and what America was built on was this idea that low educated and low skilled workers came and did the backbreaking work to build the railroads, work in agriculture. In return, their children got educated and that this is the way our system works. And it has worked beautifully for 250 years. The president may not think that is beautiful, but he does think this is beautiful. Big TV ratings. And he was at it again at that rally in Indiana last night, pondering what will happen after he leaves office. When I'm not here, their ratings are going to sink. And they are so important, ratings, I mean, to him. They were even top of mind at the very moment that President Trump welcomed home three Americans just released from North Korea. It's very early in the morning. Uh, I think you probably broke the all-time in history television rating for three o'clock in the morning, then I would say. At this point, honestly... It's not too too far off to say the TV ratings are a fixation or even an obsession of this president's. I do get good ratings, you have to admit that. Ratings are so high that I don't know what these networks are going to do. They're going to start to cry. Let me let me ask you this. They get free ratings because of me. And yet they don't treat us. Mr. You know, I'm a ratings person. Okay, take it from me. Even people on TV whose careers can be made or ruined on ratings don't care this much about ratings. For one thing, we don't equate love and adoration to that number from the wonderful Nielsen Company. But I am starting to wonder, though, if the president does. Speaking of love and adoration, that was on full display today from the daughter of Senator John McCain. Meghan McCain defending her father after the longtime senator was mocked in a White House meeting for opposing Trump's pick for CIA director. The White House communications aide, communications aide, remember, is named Kelly Sadler. She told people in a closed door meeting that it doesn't matter what McCain thinks on the issue, quote, because he's dying anyway. McCain is currently battling brain cancer. A White House official says that Sadler's remark was an attempt at a joke, one that fell flat. Small comfort, though, for Senator McCain's family. I don't understand what kind of environment you're working in when that would be acceptable, and then you can come to work the next day and still have a job. And that's all I have to say about it. My father's legacy is going to be talked about for hundreds and hundreds of years. These people, nothing burgers. Nothing. Nobody can remember you. And what does the president have to say about it all? Absolutely nothing. And this happened in his White House. But let's not forget, John McCain has also been a favorite target of President Trump's as well. He hit me. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. Five and a half years. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. And except for one senator who came into a room at three o'clock in the morning and went like that, we would have had health care too. We would have had health care too. So please, please, please tell me that at this point, with this joke falling flat at the White House, that we have finally, officially 
hit and reached rock bottom when it comes to what's fair game anymore. This is what rock bottom looks like, people. Please, I beg you. We can hope, we can pray, but I'm sorry to say, don't hold your breath. Please don't. So let's collectively breathe together. Take a deep breath. Inhale, exhale, and soldier on. Straight back to the White House right now, where despite the president's optimistic outlook last night, he's got a few more, he's got more than a few problems stirring within the West Wing. CNN's Ryan Nobles is at the White House for us right now. So Ryan, what exactly is the White House saying right now about this blow up between the president and his Homeland Security Secretary? Actually, Kate, we have some new reporting on that. In just the last few minutes, our Jeff Zeleny was at an event in the Rose Garden. Uh, that secretary, uh, or, I'm sorry, the former Homeland Security Secretary, now Chief of Staff John Kelly, was a part of. And he asked General Kelly about that dust-up between Kristen Nielsen, who is the Homeland Security Secretary and the President of the United States. And he asked if uh, it was unfair for the president to uh, be as harsh on Secretary Nielsen as he was in that cabinet meeting. And uh, General Kelly responded that, quote, we had a good cabinet meeting. And then he asked, do you think she's going to stay in her position? And this is very important. The chief of staff said yes. And that's important for a number of reasons. The, the principal one being, as you already laid out, Kate, is that uh, Secretary Nielsen actually penned a resignation letter and was prepared to offer it up to the White House, uh, but then decided to change course. And she grows, uh, joins a growing list of cabinet members who have either threatened to resign or have outright, outright resigned because of the environment here in the White House. Now, she's going to stay on in her job. Uh, it's important to point out that uh, it is General Kelly who is voicing this support for her and that she's going to stay in that job because they are allies. She was his deputy at the Department of Homeland Security. He was the one uh, that encouraged President Trump to put her in place uh, in this job as the uh, director or the secretary of Homeland Security. Uh, so they're in many ways attached at the hip. So the fact that he's showing her support as an extension of the president uh, shows uh, that uh, the general is still uh, very much uh, playing an important role in this White House. But Kate, uh, with a myriad of things, uh, that uh, Donald Trump and his administration have to deal with. This is just another problem. These leaks that are coming out of the White House about very heated and angry uh, meetings, which we're told are not the exception, but the rule. Kate? Well, and over and over again, we keep hearing about, keep hearing about it. A long list, as she now joins, of people having to threaten or offering up their resignation because of dust-ups with the president. Great to see you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Still ahead, the president's chief of staff stuck to the company line that the Russia investigation is not a cloud hanging over the president, but what John Kelly actually did call it might have been even worse when it comes to this president. Let's talk about it. We'll be right back. is nothing new in any White House, but getting a play-by-play report on it in the New York Times, that is a slight change from the norm. What does the new normal mean for the president, for the country, the panel tonight? John Phillips is here, radio talk show host, political columnist for the Orange County Register. Anna Navarro is a CNN political commentator and Republican strategist. Basil Smichel is the former executive director of the New York State Democratic Party, and Mark Preston is CNN's senior political analyst. Mark, first to you, every president has heated debates with his cabinet that I guess we should even welcome and, and, and promote so there's a healthy debate before big decisions are made. But the fact that the public is hearing so often about this in this White House means what? Right. So three major things that we should focus on as we talk about what, what has happened with this Homeland Security chief. The first all uh, is the overarching theme. There is chaos in the White House. Yes, the economy is doing very well. Yes, we should be happy with what uh, the president has accomplished or, or seems to have accomplished on the North Korea, South Korea situation. But 
the fact that there's so much chaos in the White House, you have to wonder what could the president accomplish, Kate, if he didn't have all this chaos around him. Also, the fact that we have seen the level of distrust from those that he has put into these positions, and quite frankly, are, a lot of them are under the glaring light right now because of some potential uh, conflicts of interest and some potential problems. The president, he says that he always went for the top people, the A-rated people, but in fact, his cabinet has been really B-C-level people. Well, and I mean, who even knows what level? Because no one sticks around long enough to even get a grade half the time. Right. Anna, um, the Department of Homeland Security, they deny that Kristen Nielsen uh, said she would resign over all of this. The New York Times, though, says that she even drafted a resignation letter, though obviously not submitting it. Um, I, this may happen. Again, this may happen. But the fact that so many people in this administration, what, how this goes down, is being known and heard about so much publicly. Do you think then the, just the leaking nature of it, do you think the president has a right to be concerned that everyone's out to get him? You know, I think what it is, is people trying to communicate uh, with Donald Trump through his preferred communication method, method mm. TV and other media outlets. It is what he consumes. It is what he listens to. To me, this was deja vu all over again. I remember when we had a very similar scenario involving Gary Cohn, who supposedly after Trump's uh, Charlottesville response had thought of uh, resigning. And we all learned that he had thought of resigning. It's almost... Um, you know, it's almost as if the people inside the room want to save face, either with the American public or with their colleagues. I've got to imagine that it's got to be a very humiliating experience to get dressed down in a cabinet meeting in front of so many other of your colleagues and staff members sitting in that room. And this is her way of reaching out and giving a message to uh, Donald Trump. John, the fight over the, this whole fight between what the blow up between Nielsen and Trump was over immigration and the president's chief of staff. He talked about that in that NPR interview. Um, but he didn't just talk about policy. He made a value judgment in what he was talking about. He, uh, he made a value judgment about immigrants saying that if they don't speak English because they don't speak English or the fact that if they don't have a certain level of education, then they can't contribute to American society. You can talk about your policy on immigration, but why even go there? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is not about palace intrigue. This story is about immigration, which actually means something to President Trump. It means something to his political operation. If you go back to the primaries, it's what separated him from everyone else. He was the only one really beating the drum uh, on that subject. And it's a subject, I think, that's going to be coming up in the midterm elections. I had dinner uh, last night with a top GOP ad man, and he was telling me that sanctuary cities, opposition to sanctuary cities and immigration, is the number one subject in states that are in no way close to the border, places like Idaho, Montana. It's a subject that John Kelly is going to be talking about a lot. It's a subject that President Trump is going to be talking about a lot. And it's a subject that Republicans running for Congress are going to be talking about a lot. Right. But, but Basil, if this, is the, if this is the position and how they're talking about immigration right now, if this is the position of the president of the White House, then... If this is what the if this is where the president is on immigration, does this say everything that anyone needs to know about something that he's promised but has not pulled through, come through on, which is DACA? Well, it certainly will shed a spotlight on DACA, and it will energize and mobilize a lot of uh, Democratic uh, voters and and people who are very supportive of immigration on 
on the right, quite frankly. But uh, the challenge is, and I think what was just said is absolutely correct, that it's not only something that Donald Trump has talked about, it's actually permeated all of the races down ballot. Back in 2016 uh, and 2017, we saw a lot of uh, races where candidates down ballot were linking immigrants to MS-13 gang members. So this is something that well, even on a state level, we're going to have to be pushing back against because it is so, it's, it, it, it's, it's such a motivating force for folks on the right. But Anna, do you, I mean, what is your take on this, if this is what's coming from the White House? Because honestly, is this a dog whistle or something to a certain section of the Republican Party that John Kelly's trying to throw out there? Um, look, you know, it, 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 I found the comments hurtful. I found them surprising. I know John Kelly. I knew him here in Miami, which is a vibrant co- uh, community of immigrants. But also, you know, who John Kelly is and where he comes from and where his roots are. Let's remember that John Kelly is an Irish Catholic from Boston, much like Mark Preston. That is a community that was built by Italians and by poor Irish immigrants who were denigrated and were discriminated and were called awful names and were told they had no skills and were told they weren't fit to be Americans. And today they are the leaders and they are the senators and they are building and they are doing. But also, let's also remember that John Kelly is a general a military man who has had many men and women under his command whose names are Rodriguez and Martinez and whose whose bodies lay in military cemeteries in the United States because they sacrificed. And a lot of those, a lot of those people are people who are the children of folks who came here who he's calling unskilled. But I'll tell you what, they were skilled enough and they were patriotic enough to do what the commander in chief he serves was unwilling to do risk their hey, Kate, lives, it, lose their lives in, in, in defense of this country. Go ahead, Mark. Thank you, Kate. If I can just add on to that, to, to what, uh, what Anna's saying, and I'll just personalize it. My parents came over here in 1958 on a boat with two streamer chunks with a very sick child, no education. My father worked three jobs, raised five children who were all very uh, successful contributing members of society. The idea that people are coming here without skills, that we don't want them, is absolutely ridiculous and goes against everything this country was made and built upon. And that's honestly why I keep saying this. It's one thing to have a debate on immigration. I mean, we can debate that, and there's substantive debate to have. But to go to the level of, I mean, what it comes down to is denigrating the people who are trying to get into the country. I don't see why that's a win. John Phillips, do you see a win on this? Well, I, I don't know exactly why he was out speaking on that subject publicly. That's not his job. And my, my assumption no, would be kind the of focus... Is. His, his job is to speak for the president. He's not the press he's secretary. The, he's the chief of staff. He should even know more than the press secretary, John, on what exactly I, I, the policy is of the president. I'm, I'm telling you today, the focus in the midterms is going to be on sanctuary cities. That I'm is a you, political okay. winner for you, the Republicans. And that's six, the sandbox they should play in. Uh, all right. All right, guys, stand by. A lot more to come, including this. Comedic timing, I'm clearly not known for if you've watched the show at all. You know who else can say the very same of their lack of comedic timing? At least one communications aide at the White House. The joke that is now sparking a renewed debate. How far is too far in American politics? That's next. president should be saying this is unacceptable under my watch. I will not tolerate such comments. Uh, But we haven't heard a word from the president. 
That was Democratic Senator Ben Cardin defending his Republican colleague, John McCain. It comes after White House staffer, uh, White House staffer Kelly Sadler. She's a communications aide. She dismissed McCain's opposition to President Trump's CIA nominee, saying, quote, he's dying anyway. Funny when the man's currently battling brain cancer. Not at all. Symptomatic of this White House under President Trump? Maybe. The panel is back with me. Anna, let me start with you. You've been close with John McCain for years. What do you make of all of this and what this says about the state of things today? (laughs) What a nest of vipers in that White House. And I'm not sure that it should be surprising to any of us when we have seen Donald Trump mock and criticize and attack John McCain over and over again. He started doing it during the campaign and he's continued doing it even after John McCain's diagnosis. Look, the John McCain I know is a guy who really is is amazing at not having rancor. He doesn't hold rancor against the Vietnamese who tortured him. But he is an American hero. He is also a husband, a father, a grandfather, a son. And, you know, I think that for John, these things probably don't make a dent. I don't think he cares. Uh, He never has. He's got thick skin. But I think it is incredibly hurtful, probably, to his family, to his 105-year-old mom, to his seven children. And, you know, can we just show a a little humanity, a little class, a little empathy for somebody that has a disease that is so terminal, that is so difficult to deal with, as John McCain has right now? I am disgusted. I think they, you know, that this woman did behave in a way that is deplorable. I think she should be fired. That's why so many of us smirk and scoff when the day before Melania Trump comes out and announces some sort of initiative about hashtag be best. You want to be best? Well, treat those of us who are dealing with mortality and somebody we love facing their mortality mm-hmm. with a little kindness and a little empathy. What does it say? What do, does it say something, Mark Preston, about where we are today? She's still Kelly Sadler. As far as we know, she's still in her job. The White House, as far as we know, has only put out a statement saying that we respect John McCain, not addressing the actual thing that was said. No one's denying that it was said at all. And we haven't heard anything from President Trump. Well, uh, just the facts as we know it. Comment was made. Uh, uh, comment gets leaked. Comment becomes a big national, international story. Uh, uh, the woman makes a phone call to Megan McCain to apologize. We don't necessarily know what happens. Uh, she comes to work the next day. You know, in some ways you have to wonder, is it the White House right now that is fumbling the ball on this and not necessarily the person who made the comment? For, you know, someone like me, who is very much uh, a, a Solomon on these types of things, you know, an eye for an eye, I want to offer a little forgiveness to this woman because everything that, that I've heard about her, she's actually not a bad person. She made a terrible comment, a disgusting comment, and she is paying the price for it right now. But I think that for us to turn around as a society, we need to stop and try to start offering some sympathy to those who might have tripped up and, and, and really made a mistake, and she did. But Mark, let me ask you this. How much forgiveness are we supposed to have? How many times have you heard this same story about John McCain getting mocked by somebody in this White House? This is not the first time that Meghan McCain gets a phone call with an apology. Not the first time at all, Anna, but let me get let right. me get John Phillips in on this. John, what do you think? We've never heard, honestly, some, most Americans have never heard of Kelly Sadler before this moment happened. Um, she'd probably like to go go nameless once again. Do you think she should keep her job? Do you think the White House needs do you think that she needs to take a fall in order for the White House to prove that they don't endorse this kind of commentary within their walls? 
Well, it was certainly a tasteless and classless joke. You should never kid about someone's death, particularly when they're de dealing with health challenges uh, like he is. Uh, an apology was certainly warranted. Uh, she called Meghan McCain and apologized. Uh, that satisfies me. I mean, if you go back to the Obama administration, we had Rahm Emanuel, when he was chief of staff, uh, was calling people retarded and offended that whole community and issued an apology and kept his job and moved on. So uh, I think saying she's sorry in a heartfelt way is, uh, is, is good enough. Basil, give me your take. Where does this, where does this, like, I will say this, like Anna said, John McCain has never cared about what a White House aide says about him, never has right. and never right. will. What right. does this say, though? What does this do? What should folks take of it? Well, you asked the question early on, have we hit rock bottom? I actually don't think we have. Um, no. I, unfortunately, I think this is just part, par for the course. If we consider everything that the president has said and some of his allies and surrogates have said since his campaign, to me, this is just another additional comment that shows that they are uh, classless. Um, John McCain has a lot of class. And even if I disagree with him, and I think this is the one thing that the American people should take away, yeah. even if you disagree with John McCain on right. policy, he has, he has been a stand-up person. The famous still. clip when he correct stopped that, young, that woman That's at right. a town hall meeting from going into Obama's uh, religion. And Honestly, even if Basil, you go there back are to so many examples of where John yeah. McCain has actually proven proven where his spine is and has shown it many times. Let's just I guess let's end with that. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. This is day four, 477 of President Trump's administration. That's also 179 days until the midterm elections. That's the state of America tonight. We'll see you back here next week. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.